You are listening to the Christian Worship Center Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit us at cwcstillwell.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Somebody, I don't know. Hallelujah. Because 
sometimes we just need to trust Him. If He wants to show up and show out and do stuff for us, because he, he said it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Come on, how many knows you're part of the kingdom tonight? Well, we're, we're moving into the kingdom age. <laughs> John preached about it. Jesus talked about it. And, and, and let me tell you something. We are all about You can be seated if you want to. I, I, I'm almost done. Because I'm not going to get to the candle, so we're going to have to wait till next year on them. And this is the last night of Hanukkah, so anyway, but, but, <laughs> whew, I really want to get a couple of them, but uh, we're, we're going we're to go right here right now. But, but there is something, there's so many things that are happening right now. Words are going forth like never before. God is speaking and God is doing things. And, and I want you to understand that what he wants with us is unity. Come on, the body of Christ has got to come in unity as one. John chapter 17, I believe it is. Jesus prayed for the church or the, or the body to come together. This is a symbol of the Hanukkah candle. In the book of Zechariah, where he saw the two trees and the menorah. There you have it, the nine. Pour it all. And lighting the menorah, the two olive trees, because the oil is what the olive, the olive trees represent. We know what the olive trees are. It's the wild olive, which is the Gentiles, and the olive tree, which is the, the Jews. And how many understand that Constantine cut the roots off of the church and planted the tree over there? And called it Roman Catholic. And all Pentecostal Baptist, every major denomination is nothing but a Roman, a, a Roman Catholic revived. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm about to get in trouble. Every one of them stemmed from Roman Catholic Catholicism because they were Protestant, non-Protestant. Amen. Because Constantine took our roots away. And how many knows with the unless a wild olive is grafted into the tame olive, the tame olive don't bear fruit, and neither does the wild olive. Come on, so the Jews couldn't do it without us, and we couldn't do it without them. So God had to bring it back together. And he had to plant the tree over here and the tree over here. He said, now y'all pour in the oil. And God had poured in the oil. And it's the Zechariah promise that we are being able to eat of the fruit of the land. Because now we've joined back with our roots. Come on. Well, I don't believe in all that Jewishness. Thank <laughs> you. 
works in me that doesn't bear fruit, I'm removing it. Come on, this is why in the next few months you're going to see removal like no other. Because he's removing everything that's not part of him. So be sure you're plugged in to the vine. Be sure you're plugged in to the vine and you're getting all your nutrients from the vine. Be sure you're in the Word. Be sure you know what he's saying. Be sure you know what he's doing. Be sure you're looking at because if you're not, you won't be here very long. Because he's taking one and leaving another. And he's taking another and leaving. Come on, we thought that were, that scripture was rapture, but looking at everything is setting. It is in 2021. One shall be taken. Because he said, if you read it, he said, after the tribulation shall you see the sign of the Son of Man coming. This is not about rapture in Matthew 24. Because all y'all been taught, just like I have, Matthew 24 stands for the rapture. No, it doesn't. Read the whole chapter. It's mostly talking to the Jews. It's not talking to the Gentiles. That's why he said to them, pray that your heart be in the winter. They knew what that meant. We don't have a clue. Well, I don't want to count on the snow. That's how much sense it makes to us. But those Jews knew exactly what it meant. Jesus, when he spoke to every one of those churches in the book of Revelation, he used things that they understood and that they knew existed. You know why he told the church of Laodicea, leave rather than be cold or hot than lukewarm? He wasn't saying, I'd rather you be backslidden or on fire for God than to be lukewarm. He said, I'd rather you be cold or hot. Because the water lines that ran from Laodicea to, uh, to uh, the, the Philadelphia was cold and hot. Because hot water came from Philadelphia and cold water came from Pergamos. And they, 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 and Laodicea was between the two. And so they got lukewarm water because it came from there this way and it came from there this way. And they knew exactly what Jesus meant is it's a mixture. I'd rather you be pure. I'd rather you be cold. I'd rather you be hot. I'd rather you be on fire. I'd rather you be a refreshing instead of some lukewarm stuff I gotta spit out. So, so uh, how many ever got a hold of a water hose in the middle of summertime and got that first drink? When it first came out, boy, you're like, yeah. and that's what God was doing with the church. Because we are a mixture of the world and of Christianity. We got a little mixture going on, and God said, I'm sick of your mixture. You know why He's sick of the mixture? Because it's not pure. It's not pure. It's not pure cold, and it's not pure hot. It's just a mixture of the two. And so we got a lukewarm mess going on and calling it God. And he says, I'm about to spit it out. And you know, while we're in that position, we're in that time frame right now, that he's about to do some spitting. Come on, I You said, put you scared. You know, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to get us to encourage to where we go to the next level. Don't stay where you are. Because the enemy wants you to stay 
in the position you've always been so you'll receive all you always have. And so the people of God has to move forward. Amen? Because he's about to do something in our midst. He's about to do some stuff. He, he is about to do some great things. But there's also some things that's got to line up before he can release the power. Because if he don't fix us before he releases the miracles, everybody keep running after the miracles, but nobody will how to live. Well, so that's the reason we don't have miracles yet. But they're about to be released because he's about to fix us. Ooh, hallelujah. So, so the last thing I want to talk to you about, and then I'm going to let you go, is we, we, we talked about the, the branches. And, and I want to talk in a minute about the body of the Messiah, because it's found in the book of Revelation, in which John, John chapter, or Revelation chapter 1, in which John has a supernatural vision of Jesus Christ in the throne room. Come on, on earth, actually, not the throne room yet. In John chapter 1, or Revelation chapter 1, sorry. Revelation is written, it has a, it's the only book in the Bible that has its own outline. He said, I want you to write the things that are, the things that were, and the things that shall be. So John chapter 1, 2, and 3 is the things that are. John chapter 1 is the things that were. John chapter 2 and 3 is the things that are. That's the churches. And John chapter 4 on is the hereafter. Revelation, sorry. Man, I still got, I got John written down here because I, I got a couple of verses out of John I want to read. But anyway, we'll go there. <laughs> but John has a supernatural vision of Jesus in glorified form, standing in the middle of the seven lampstands. Now, some people say that the lampstand was just one lamp. I'm not sure exactly if that's if that's correct, because another some scholars say that word lampstand in the Greek is translated menorah. So, if it, that's true, then there's seven different menorahs, one for each church. Which stands for 49 candles. I'm not saying that's the way it is, I'm just saying that it could be it could be another way. So do you understand how many sevens are in the book of Revelation? Look them up sometime. Just how many how many sevens it mentioned? There's seven spirits of God, there's seven candlesticks, there's seven uh, um, heraldries, there's seven bowls, there's seven seven heralds, there's seven uh, plagues, there's uh, all kinds of sevens in there, and that's just a couple of them. Because there's more, more than that. And there's seven things that he describes as Jesus Christ did. There's seven churches. There's seven stars. There's seven, uh, uh, there's, there's, there's a whole lot of sevens. There's seven worship phrases in the book of Revelation. So you understand, there's 21 chapters, so that's three periods of seven. You, you understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of sevens because it is, it is Jesus Christ 
So do you understand how powerful the book of Revelation is? It's the only book that comes with a blessing for reading. The only book that has the audacity to say, read me, I'm blessing. Because everybody that reads it is blessed. Oh, I don't understand it. Read it anyway. So, so if we're going to consistent with the scripture, it is either a menorah with seven branches or seven menorahs with 40, 49 lights, it don't matter. And the word for a lampstand in the Hebrew scripture is always, almost always menorah or a seven-branch candelabra. So in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the same word is used for the menorah or the lampstand in Revelation. In Hebrew, New Testament, lampstand is translated menorah. So furthermore, the menorah or the great light is what it is. So, so I want you to understand that the same one that God told Noah in Exodus 25 to build, each branch. Or each menorah represented the seven churches or the congregation of, of Asia Minor. And that is in Revelation chapter 1, verse 12 and 20. But in, in its, its examples, all streams and types uh, to, uh, making the international ecclesia a body of believers. And let's not forget everything in the temple has, was an earthly shadow of a heavenly reality. When, when Moses was carried up on the mountain, God said, I want you to go down there and I want you to be what you are, what you're seeing up here. I want you to show, I want you to go down and I want you to build it according to the pattern that I showed you while you were in my place. Come on, because Moses got face to face with God. He said, Moses is the only guy I've ever talked to face to face. Oh, I know. He said that nobody's ever seen my face in me. But you know what? Because Moses had to put a veil over his face when he came down because the children of Israel said, we don't want to go that way. You better cover that up. And is the church still saying that? Don't cover that up. We don't want to see that. That's, that, that's, that, that's fanatical. That's fanatical. So, so I want to get to this one point right here. Unity. Brings God's fire. The only place that we will find the Holy Spirit of God, and this is why this candle right here in the center of this Hanukkah menorah is so special because it is the Shamash or, or the servant candle, but it's also a representation of the Feast of Pentecost, which represents the center of the others. How many knows that Jesus is in the center of the candlestick? John sees him in the book of Revelation. I got it right. Sees him in the middle of the churches. So, so you understand without the menorah, you can't have fire. And without a contained and managed fire by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will not in operation and that unifies the candlestick. Amen? This is why God told the first church, Ephesus, He said, you better get it right. You better go back to your first love. Your first, what, what's the representation of the first love? It is Passover. Because that's where the Lamb became the sacrifice. He provided love for the first candle, for the first church. And the first church is required to return back. 
not there anymore. Ephesus is just a pile of rubble. It's just a place to visit that used to be. And a lot of churches, we're about to find out in the 21st century, that's about to go missing in the place because they didn't return back to Passover and say, I got to commune with him. I got to love him with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all I gotta turn back to the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Oh, I gotta hurry. It's after eight o'clock. Man, we have to wait, y'all. It's hard to do, ain't it? But do you understand? The believers got together at Shavuot, Pentecost, and they were in the upper room. We, we talked about the first couple Sunday of Christmas, of the Christmas story, Zacharias and Elizabeth, and how that the light changed them. The second couple that we're going to talk about this week is Joseph and Mary. And guess who was at the Shabbat? Mary, the mother of Jesus, happened to be in the upper room, the Bible says. And she came together with the rest of the disciples. And she came up there because she, that life had changed her life, had made her something different. And although she was in the, around when Ephesus decided that they were, she might not have been around, but she was helping John with the church at Ephesus because John was supposed to be watching over her. And he was supposed to be, Jesus gave him to watch over her. And he carried her right back to Ephesus. John was the pastor at Ephesus. He was an apostle, but he was also the, 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 the pastor of Ephesus at one time. And Mary was, and John both are buried in Ephesus. Their tombs are there. But Ephesus was the one that first said, they had a council gathered together that said, Mary is the mother of God. We're going to start a mother of God worship. And when Ephesus was the first church, Paul made a response to that when he said to them when he was at Malta and he met the, the pastors, the elders of the church in Ephesus in the book of Acts. And he said, when I leave, grievous wolves are going to rise up within your church and they're going to destroy that body. Paul gave him a word. But not only Paul gives him a word, but John gives him a word
And yet Ephesus erosion begins to happen. And now the sea is almost 30 miles away from Ephesus. Because God removed their resource. Because they started a doctrine. Come on. That John warns them about, Paul warns them about. And it is the Ephesus. Go search your Bible, go search Google. We'll tell you, Ephesus was the first church to worship Mary as the mother of God. Come on, they fall a long way because they didn't go back to the Lamb, to the first love, back to Passover, back to the calling that we want to be more like. Tonight, I'm going to leave you with this. It takes unity to get where we're going. And you can say, and this is our core group, and I appreciate you guys so much, but I'm just telling us right now, us, right here on Wednesday night, not the Sunday morning crew, not the Sunday night crew, but I'm talking to these, you, you as the leaders, most of you are leaders, and most of you are, are people that, that are faithful, and you're, you're, you're wanting God, you're wanting the heart of God, and guess what? To get the heart of God, we have to be in unity. We cannot be get it without being unified. And I believe He's saying to us tonight is draw close to me in this season. Draw close to my heart in this season. You know what He said? And you can believe what you want to about First John, Second John, Third John. But First John is written to Ephesus. Second John is written to the elect lady. I believe that's Mary. Because John tells her, all these people that are trying to move you away with this doctrine, don't you invite them to the house. I'm not doing it. Because it's a dangerous doctrine. I know they love you, but they're wanting to put you on a pedestal that you deserve, but you're not God. John says, I got to take care of you. I want to present you beside me when we stand before the Lord. And so the elect lady, I want to warn you, don't let them in your house. Don't let them teach you this rotten doctrine that they're trying to come up with. And they're trying to, come on. Come on, when you heard that kind of preaching? Go read that, go read it. First chapter, or second, second chapter third, of, of Second John. It's the, it's the little book of Second John. It's written to the elect lady, the lady that the Holy Ghost elected to bear the gospel. And yet this group in Ephesus that he had just talked about, come on, he told them, you have no fellowship with the world. The love, if you have the love of the world, the love of the Father is not in you. That's the first chapter. Come on. Jesus, that when God is told, he shut the coal right there in the first chapter. In the second chapter, he just wiped a little, little verse, I, I feel like to the mother of Christ, and says, while I'm at it, mama, don't let them do this to you. Don't, don't, don't let them sway you with this doctrine. It's poisonous. And John is, every church is in a process 
And it has to do with those candles. And every priest is dealt with with every church. And I ain't got time to go there. But we'll go there soon. Because it's important that we understand who He is. He is our light. It is all about Jesus. And it's always been about Jesus. Even in the Old Testament, when they built the furnaces. Come on. They built the furnaces. It was still all about Jesus. Come on. First candle was Passover. The first piece of furniture was the altar. Yeah. <laughs> 
worship you. Hallelujah. Come on, give me a praise in this house tonight.